0: You've found The Paul List, a daily comics analysis project. It's daily so that we can read widely, and it's analysis so that we can dig deep. You're invited to come in, listen when you want. I'm Paul, I'm an English teacher, a literacy researcher, and a comics reader. You can find me on Twitter at 2ply, twoplai. Uh, visuals will be at thepaullist.com, which is a Tumblr page. And if you're listening on iTunes, it'd be great if you would rate and review us, um, write a review. We've only got one so far, and I'm pushing for more. So I would love to um, hear a word of criticism and maybe a compliment. Um, That would be nice. Uh, Or you can listen and find us on Stitcher or SoundCloud too. Um, Today, our comic is Barrier. Um, it's our Wednesday webcomic. And uh, Marcos Martin is the artist. Brian K. Vaughn is the writer. Munsa Vicente is the colorist. And uh, we'll be looking at um, the impact of sci-fi on uh, addressing issues like, like immigration. Uh, it's going to sound familiar if you listen to quote-unquote, yesterday's episode, (laughs) I say that in quotes because I just recorded that a second ago and just released it. It's Thursday right now um, here in in California, in the Bay Area where I am, but... um... (laughs) But this is nonetheless a travel back in time to our wednesday um Wednesday web comic and um actually, before I launch into the book, I just wanted to give a couple of shout outs to a couple of things on wednesdays i I go over my pull list and I wanna to learn to do that in a way that's um interesting for people uh and time efficient um so I wanna talk about a few comics that i'm you know that are on my list. This week as well as a general state of the things that I see on the shelves um, on new comic book day and you know I realized releasing this late um I don't know how many of you who listen actually go to the comic book stores on Wednesday show of hands <laughs> if you can't tell I'm a classroom teacher who doesn't have a classroom at this stage in my career so I sound like I'm talking to a classroom full of teenagers. Again, sometimes I apologize for that. Um, but I am curious, you know, how many people that listen uh, are actually hearing, uh, listening to my droning on and on about what my pull, what's on my pull list. Or how many of you would rather I just didn't do it all together? Or maybe made it a separate episode. I don't know. But here's what I'm going to do. We're at 2 minutes 30 right now. I'm going to do this by the time I get to seven minutes. That's my goal. So if you don't want to hear this, you just want to hear about uh, barrier number two. Um, You're listening to this three weeks later and it's become totally relevant. Skip ahead to seven minutes and I will watch the time and make sure that when we get there, we are done with this. So um, in D.C., a lot of series uh, that were launched in the Rebirth are wrapping up. And I'm excited to see the end of some of those series, uh, for those stories to reach their denouement. Including Batman six, Aquaman six, um, Green Arrow number six, which I think may be the book that I talk about on our Saturday's, uh, sorry, our Sunday Super Friend coming up. Sheriff of Babylon and Unfollow, which are my two favorite Vertigo books right now, excepting, of course art, um, excepting of course Astro City, which is a perennial favorite, are also out. So those are titles I'm looking forward to. Also, Robin, Son of Batman, which was a series in the last. Um, iteration of DC was a great series and if you didn't check that out the trade of the first Half of that and the hardcover, the second half of that, had come out this week. Also, Fables is continuing on. Uh, I, I dropped off Fables after about... I have all of the trades, but I dropped off about halfway through. I don't know. Maybe I'll revive interest. And finally, just always got to shout out Supergirl. Lots of Supergirl stuff is coming out because the show's coming back. And also, MultiversityComics.com is having a Supergirl month, and that's awesome. And I really love Supergirl. My wife and I are into the, into the TV show on CW. Check that stuff out. Um, in Marvel interesting the way that civil war you know some people are still on and i think they're having some intriguing plot twists in civil war 2 that have um some stakes some impacts some ripples across the universe but i've hear i'm hearing from a lot of people that they're kind of tired and they're kind of out on civil war so sad to hear that but um there is a collection of thor by aaron and Dauterman, uh which is the sort of recent thor run the um the, uh, I don't want to spoil it by saying who it is, but it's uh, the female Thor. Um, and Dowderman's art is just gorgeous on that. They talked about it on the Robots from Tomorrow pull-list episode, so you can check that out if you are interested in that. Um, in Dar- From Dark Horse... M- Margaret Atwood, man, <laughs> together with Johnny Christmas and Tamra Bonvillian, have come out with Angel Capperd. Um, Margaret Atwood is a novelist that I read, and uh, you know she's always been a comics fan, um, just like a lot of the novelists that I read, like Juno Diaz and like Michael Chabon. Uh, it's a funny thing, but anyway, um, she's done a comic, and I'm very interested in seeing it. Um, Image has a, a lot of titles that I'm kind of continuing to follow. This is the Paper Girls Week. This is the um, uh saga week I think yeah yeah this is the saga week um this is the uh uh fuse uh this is a lot of favorites actually saga was last week that's I don't know what I'm talking about um from uh <laughs> from boom um giant days 18. Gold Advance Number Five. Those are two series you should be on. Kim and Kim from Aftershock has an issue. That's something you should be on. And Sun Bakery, which is a cool anthology, a one per one artist anthology, is also something you should be on. So that's what I'm going to be picking up. Hey, let me highlight a couple more things. There's a Kickstarter for a book called PB Soldier. Um, they talk about it on one of my favorite podcasts that I forgot to name the last time I name dropped my favorite podcasts, which is Black Comics Chat. And if you haven't heard Black Comics Chat, find them on itunes or whatever podcast source that you're finding me on or you can find them on twitter at hashtag black comics chat some of the most intelligent comics talk that's out there and i really love those folks um they're just incredibly learned incredibly sharp critical and um and it's awesome conversation but they mentioned they brought to my attention a um a uh, kickstarter um But uh with uh it's called pb soldier and if you are kind of thoughtful as as i try to be about um stem and education and um and especially diversity and representation in comics look for a a kickstarter called pb soldier you can find them on twitter at pb soldier too i think so just want to shout that out so that's kind of about my poll list on friday i've had a couple of um all ages reads that have really uh excited me lately uh, mighty jack from ben Hackey, which came out this week my daughter and i really loved um Raina's new book is coming out soon and then this old series called max finder that we've been reading we've been digging on lately but i'm gonna talk about that friday um yeah i'm hitting on that seven minute mark so i did pretty good uh today i'm gonna as i said talk about barrier number two barrier is um from panel syndicate And if you are a Brian K. Vaughn fan because of Why the Last Man or um, Ex Machina or Paper Girls or Saga, obviously, um, and you haven't heard about Panel Syndicate, it's basically a place where he and um, Marcos Martin have been releasing a digital-only sort of (laughs) series of comics. A couple things about it is that they were distributing it. It's a pay-what-you-want-to-pay model, which is really interesting. It's at panelsyndicate.com. Uh, I should mention Manso Vicente. She's the colorist. Uh, and their first series was a 10 issue one called Private Eye, which was a kind of a sci-fi future. Um, this book is also kind of a sci-fi future. Um, and uh, And the first issue of Barrier came out a good while ago. And then I think, um, panel syndicate and Brian K Vaughn were wrapped up in doing a special little walking dead thing that Kirkman allowed them to do. The only other writer of walking dead besides Kirkman. But anyway, um, but, uh, I, I, uh, loved private eye. Uh, I, I thought the digital distribution pay what you want model was super interesting. Uh, they said that this would not be released in print. There was so much demand, of course. It was released in print. And like the sucker that I am, I also bought it in print. <laughs> um, and by the way, you know, it's it's pay what you want. But I just felt like I owed it to them to at least support the model and uh, paid basically uh, an issue of, of a comic book's worth for it. But... Um, Uh, so, so this is now the second issue of barrier. I was very interested in it because if you heard yesterday's episode, if you haven't go back and listen to the America town episode, but I talked a lot in that episode about my interest in immigration, not only as an immigrant, but also as a teacher of, um, many, many people, um, from immigrant families and communities, and also as a a researcher who researches, um, uh, what we call English language learners in schools. And, uh, and I try to look at that and, that learning and the intersection of, of immigration more broadly and, and immigration issues from uh, sociological uh, perspectives. So, um, so immigration matters to me, and I think it's very interesting that America Town and Barrier are both books that tackle immigration um, from a, a sort of science fiction um, alternate alternate reality sort of thing. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today, because I think um, it's very interesting that science fiction. The way that science fiction gets utilized to talk about social issues, and I almost want to say, I, I want to even venture to say that perhaps Vaughn Mar- Martin and, and Vicente are a little bit more, um, are a little bit sharper in their commentary than Americatown, despite the fact that Americatown bears a closer resemblance. No, that's not fair to say. Um, the sci-fi in Americatown is a little less, uh, let's say. Uh, extraterrestrial than barrier in other words barrier takes the sci-fi a little bit harder but barrier also sort of hews closer to the present reality partly because of the setting um america town america town did the sort of fiction trick of you know switching sides so that the um as i said the tables were turned on who was the outsider who was the immigrant who had privilege and who had um you know Barriers to Uphold. I think barrier um, is actually um, like depicting much more of the actual situation in, um, uh, you know, the border uh, between Texas and, and Mexico. And um, the the kinds of tricky politics and um, sensational stories of things that happen uh, along that border. And I think Barrier is um, exploiting that much more and also exploiting the sci-fi dimension of the story much more. And so I thought it was worthwhile to talk um in, in this discussion of barrier about how sci-fi moves things from something that is political and politically charged to something that's acceptable. Um, so barrier, basically the first issue portrayed kind of the context and, and two specific lives on opposite sides of the border. Um, Lily, who is um you know, sort of a owns a ranch, lives in a ranch, has lost her husband, um, is lonely <laughs> um and uh and is but is protective of her property and her land uh despite what she thinks is a threat from um a drug cartel to to um to either leave the land or to not get in the way of the smuggling of of um the trafficking of of people across the border uh across her property she won't leave that property because that's all that she has left of The husband that she's lost. I think the husband, I'm not sure. Um, And then, uh, and then on the other side of the story, Oscar is, um, uh, you know, has come from Honduras, um, through Mexico, and um, is has traveled up the the back of the beast, as they say, and the perilous journey, um, uh, sort of from Central America through 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 Mexico, and then um, into the United States. And, you know, the it, it was a very kind of provocative first issue um, in depicting both of these lives, the people around them, their concerns, the, um, in some senses, the, uh, the, uh, protectiveness, you might say xenophobia of some people around Lily. Um, and then what she does in her sort of, uh, hard nosed desire to unwillingness to be, to be bullied off of her land. Um, and then Oscar, and what he experiences in the whole experience, in the whole you know uh crazy journey uh of migration that he undertakes um that was issue one, and at the end of issue one, to spoil it, and I will get into some details since we're talking about a pretty short book, so here's your spoiler alert and uh encourage you if you haven't yet to go pick up barrier one and two from panel dot com and read and then join us here but um uh you know. At the end of it, the first issue, they were sucked up by an alien ship, right? And the whole book doesn't seem like sci-fi until suddenly at that moment, um, we go we go hard at the sci-fi. And so with this issue, um, the start of this issue, you sort of start off with a NORAD and um, sort of the sighting from a distance of this alien ship, this pretty large alien ship that's come and um, you know, uh, what do you call it? I'm obviously not a Sci-fi veteran, <laughs> but the uh, beamed up Lily and Oscar, right? And so um, it kind of starts with the 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 sci-fi sighting and all the acronyms that something like NORAD folks would uh, would would throw out as they look for things on the on the radar. Uh, and then there's this uh, you know title page effect where they make really brilliant use of the um, page turns effect on the screen because it, if you you know depending on how you turn pages, it could look like an animation, uh, but still uses the, um, you know, comics tool of, of paneling to create this dynamic of a sort of swirling galaxy exploding planet, maybe, and a, a ship that's arriving. So those kind of initial page turns, um, of, a, of the ship flying through, I don't know, an asteroid belt, I don't know, <laughs> are just kind of, kind of cool, really interesting, uh, cool stuff with colors by Monza Vicente, uh, Vicente. Um, and then the f- the first few pages are, I think, a really important moment because we go from the extreme of, um, and, and, you know, Vaughn, let's now call him a masterly writer, you know, Vaughn sort of writes the reaction to our being stunned at the first issues, you know, sudden sci-fi appearance of a spaceship that sucks them up into space by... You know, having us see through the eyes of of the NORAD folks in front of the uh, very um, NASA-looking computer screens and all that kind of stuff. That's our that kind of breaks the landing for us a little bit of the shock of the the UFO appearance. Then um, we're reminded of how huge and cosmic this is with those that that um, title page sequence that I just talked about with all the colors and the sense that there's something you know very out of this world that's going on, uh, and then you know, in the kind of um, whiplash way that Vaughn knows how to do with storytelling, we're brought to a very grounded moment, the face of a child. It's This is Oscar's kid, apparently. Um, yes, it is, because he says, te quiero, apa. And then, um, you know, he's being picked up from school or whatever. Um, and uh, as, the, as he does, um, he they walk by an, a, an international school, it seems, Academia Inglesa San Pedro, um which is and and you realize that this is when oscar was back in honduras and um (laughs) and there's some commentary about uh the english that's being spoken by the students who are uniformed who are leaving you know obviously students that you know this isn't his kid you know these are somebody else's kids but you see this look in his eye it's small um but it's focused enough as he reads the sign that you can tell that he is thinking a little bit about, uh, about the United States, about English, about the whole, um, you know, kind of clear as day and everywhere you go um, since when you are outside of uh, a place like the United States, when you are in, you know, what some call and others don't like being called a periphery, a peripheral nation. And you are, you know, to some extent on the outside looking in at um, at the sort of imperial domination of a country like like the United States, always thinking that uh, right there is um, where you need to be, where you might have to go, where where um, the uh, strange and uh, and and yet necessary lives. Um, I think that there's something really significant in um, Vaughn and Martin and, and and Vicente choosing not to translate the Spanish nor the English. Um, all the dialogue that is in Spanish is written in Spanish. Um, I think that they, despite what a, a um, one of the letters column writers says, um, you know that that it seems inauthentic as um, as honduran spanish or latin american spanish that you know i think uh martin is is from spain i think the same is true of vicente i'm not sure but that they apparently checked with the honduran consulate to see if the spanish was accurate um so maybe due diligence i don't know but there's a definitely an attempt to maintain the spanish as spanish and the english as english and part of the reason for that i think is that we are meant to feel the but either comforting or estranging feeling of of another language that is the sort of um inescapable one of the in- inescapable realities of this kind of migration um this sort of effect of our globalizing world where um you know we traverse all kinds of land and space and and oceans and then we encounter people who speak different languages and that those languages aren't just different that there's a hierarchy of language and uh, the hierarchy of language as reflected in how we respond to the presence of spanish or whatever it's just intentional like it's left in there for for very good reason Uh, by contrast for instance americatown translates all the spanish to the point where the writer's probably didn't need to know very much at all um meanwhile uh the creators in 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 barrier um have to attend to some authentic language and i think that um is important so um so that strangeness right that strangeness in the encounter is actually all you know it's sort of all laced throughout the um the this this book uh the first uh installment the first issue had this uh you know um, contrast the series of contrasts between Lily and Oscar where they're sort of on two sides of the same coin and uh, really you see the comparison and the contrast between the lives that they live and the strangeness that it, that it is for them to encounter each other and of course the climax of the first issue is this um, really um, dramatic encounter between each other and um, the, the ways that um, they they have, you know, they sort of have to cross all kinds of barriers within themselves to conceive of the other person as human. Um, then after those pages, you know, that I was saying were, were sort of grounded and brought back to Oscar as a human being. Suddenly there we are back on the spaceship and uh, his eyes open to a snake because uh, you know all kinds of all man- manner of organisms were sucked up in the um, in the beam uh, into the spaceship, and you kind of see um, this you know sort of sci-fi trope of Oscar winding his way, literally winding at one point his way deeper and deeper into this spaceship, and um, there's this um, artistic effect that's done uh, really really well of. Of creating the sense of emptiness at first, right? When he when he first wakes up, it's sort of a yellow and white kind of um, emptiness, you know. And then he's dropped, you know, the 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 bottom is dropped out from under him. He slides down this this uh, vortex or whatever, falls into this uh, giant room, and then the room has these very sort of um, you know rhizomatic looking uh or sort of organic sort of technological typical alien cavern of weirdness um lights and strange um beings and all this kind of stuff right and um and you know there is that sense of of how weird everything is and how there's a uh A vague familiarity that this is life this is potentially dangerous that this is like some cavernous depths that are that you have to figure out but there's also a lot of like uh, terror and danger and you can see something on the horizon that in the next page suddenly like whether you fall into it or you you're dragged into it something on the horizon suddenly becomes what you're drowning in and then you try to pull yourself out of it uh that entire sci-fi trope of I don't know, there's got to be a name for it, but um, I don't know, awakening to the other world. Uh, if you take that as some kind of analogy or parallel for the experience of, well, awakening to another world, if you are, if you, if you, you know, immigrate or migrate somewhere else, um, it's it's interesting the parallels. You know, you. Uh, you you start with the you know we say with language learners that there's this silent period where it's so shocking to have been transported that you that that it's almost this nothingness. But bef- but you know before you can sort of get your feet under you suddenly you're sucked into this. Almost it just feels like you're pulled from one thing into another. I remember being a kid and um, both you know in Taiwan and and here in the United States this almost surreal sense that I'm being brought along without comprehension you know even though i knew enough language that if somebody would were to explain it to me i would understand but i'm just sort of being pulled along from one place to another and something that looks like it's far off in the horizon suddenly becomes this this reality that's that i'm sort of surrounded by i'm sort of drowning in and there's these um (laughs) carcasses of what i used to know but mostly this um strangeness and it, it just um Reminds me that one of the things that sci-fi does, right, is it's just this f- effect of strangeness of being disappeared into something that is utterly, you know, unidentified and foreign, <laughs> an unidentified foreign object, um, which is, uh, you know, you 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 see this through Oscar's eyes. He, uh, especially because we we're set up from the opening pages to think about his eyes and the the view through his eyes. This is uh, not what he expected when he went to the United States, but in in many ways we saw that same look in his eyes last issue when um, he he could not have expected all that he encountered as he uh, entered the United States, and so I think the parallel stands that um, you know we have Oscar displaced um, as a migrant and now displaced as a uh, alien abduction, uh, but then. Uh, you know, sort of halfway through the book, right, we find Lily in a um, a, a parallel kind of displacement of her own, you know, she's naked, she um, yeah, uh, is sort of, uh, you know, uh, trying to survive with the, the, the toughness that um, is kind of skin of her teeth, you know, I'm gonna make it, um, and yet, and she's you know has to make a quick judgment about about oscar you know and um and then there's this sort of shock of okay how do i clothe my own vulnerability here uh how do i um uh make do with what's around me how do i protect myself but also um reckon with the terror of where i find myself and what seems to be finding its What seems to be finding me? Um, and I think that's also meant to parallel in the last issue, what she encountered when she started to have her, you know, horse's head (laughs) found in Godfather style. And when, um, you know, and when she encounters Oscar showing up on her property, um, it's this, uh, vulnerability of what you had as security, feeling a sense of, um, Dissipation, uh, or or intrusion, or evasion, invasion. Um, yeah. So um, so so in in a sense that that sort of disorientation that they both had in the first issue is <laughs> magnified even more by this um, alien spaceship abduction, and it just makes you feel like if you had some sense of a side of the politics, like if you were reading barrier and you you know you could sympathize more with oscar or if you're reading barrier and you could sympathize more with lily in a way that made you unable to um extend your sympathy to the other now (laughs) it's all weirded up you know it's all been sort of like taken from the the nestled safety of your um your identification and you know we're all foreigners in this context right in this spaceship and so there's this you know really sort of um tangible weirdness that um sci-fi does that i think in in juxtaposing that with the experience of um of you know all of our our heightened encounters with each other because of migration um vaughn and martin Martin sorry, and Vicente are um i don't know shining a light maybe on what um, migration reveals about us, um, shining a light on our necessity as human beings in a world that um, you know is so disorienting because of the kind of rapid encounters that we all have now in us in a you know faster spinning world um, where the, the movement of media and the, the um, speed of, of travel and migration now makes it so that we aren't um, all cloistered in familiarity anymore. How do we uh, live? How do we live with one another? And how do we live um, not just to survive, but to, but to retain uh, our togetherness as human beings? Um, because nothing makes you feel together as human beings more than standing in front of giant uh, <laughs> creatures with weird lung, exposed lung rib cages who speak in colors. <laughs> Which is the end of this, um, this issue as her ears truly bleed from a language that is truly other. Um, yeah, so... It's early. It's early in the story. But I think that the parallels between the experiences of issue one and the end of issue one and this issue and issue two are enough that the stage is set for, I think, some um, interesting commentary about um, how we deal with um, migration and strangeness and one another. Um, Uh, And and thus does the sci-fi, you know, again, take us from things that would be political and, um, you know, third rails that we would be not open to hearing uh, something or learning something to the possibility of having our sense of understanding and maybe compassion expanded. Um, If I know uh, these creators and what they do with private eye, um, it's going to stay strange for longer than it becomes um, sentimental and it may never become sentimental but um but that's part of the, the, the point, I'm sure, is that um this is, as I said about America Town, discomforting for a reason. And um and that's uh that's cool. That's a cool part of the project. Um so I'm gonna keep reading Barrier whenever the rest of it comes out. You should follow Panel Syndicate to to keep up with it. Um there on Twitter as well. And um yeah. Uh, this has been The Paulist. Tomorrow, Carl Barks. We're going to talk about Carl Barks and um, Donald Duck comics in our Thursday Throwback Classics. Then on Friday, we're going to talk about Maris Wicks and Coral Reefs. And then Saturday, our small press book is going to be Niobe She is Life. And then Sunday and Monday, we will have Superheroes. Uh, And then we might take a break. I'm not sure yet. We'll see how things play out. Uh, and that's it thanks for joining us on the Paul list um, your feedback is always welcome at two ply, t-w-o-p-l-a-i um hey it'd be great if you let some people who you think won't be bored to death or just need a sleep aid you know need to listen to somebody who will drone on and on to help them fall asleep turn them on to our podcast here and um let's keep reading okay